Well, as long as you retrieve both the other shepherds, he should have no way to follow you. Both the other shepherds? Well, you read my notes. All my notes? We, we were, were a little, little pressed, pressed for time. time. Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Indiana Jones Universe, a podcast in which we learn more about the character of Indiana Jones, exploring other content in the Indiana Jones Universe. As always, I'm Will. And I'm Max. And thanks for joining us for episode 49 in which today we're continuing our discussion and exploration of the Staff of Kings video game with level 5 Nepal. Uh, in this one, Indy and Maggie continue their quest for the Staff of Kings by traveling to the mountains of Nepal. There, Maggie quickly escapes to go search for the staff, while Indy finally reunites with the lost Professor Kingston and gets into some trouble of his own. Later, he discovers some hidden temples and races to retrieve the staff before Magnus Voller arrives. So in this very interesting level that has lots of puzzle solving and classic Indy action, let's jump into this one, shall we? Yes, let's jump right in. And right off the bat, I noticed something very interesting. We start off with a cutscene of these beautiful snowy mountains, and I'm like, you know what? This reminds me of Raiders of the Lost Ark when Indy goes to visit Marion in the bar in the very snowy mountains of Nepal. Yeah, definitely. I really like the opening location here. You have that great music of the Idol Temple, too, right from Raiders of the Lost Ark. And yeah, I love this kind of like Nepal sort of feel. Again, throwback to Raiders. We talked about some of the other locations as well. Uh, this was really, really awesome to kind of be in this entirely different setting. You know, obviously the locations of Young Indy are super like, you know, they go all over the world and stuff. And with the video game, you kind of get that same type of epic feel, which is really, really fun. And so, yeah, we start off right here in Nepal. Remember from the last level, uh, Indy and Maggie... Uh, uh, we're at the Istanbul Museum, and Indy actually found the location of the Staff of Kings, which was this hidden temple in Nepal. So I love this opening quote that Indy says, by the way, classic Harrison Ford, boy, you don't let up, do ya? As, you know, Maggie <laughs> uh, insists that they go to continue to, uh, to search for the staff, as Indy kind of wants to rest and keep warm. Yes, so, you know, they agree that they are going to stay here for the night, uh, keep warm by the fire, and then go off in the morning. So... You know, Indy goes to sleep, he does the classic thing where he pulls his fedora over his face. Very classic Indy move. Yeah, definitely. I'll also love how he says, uh, trust me, you know. Uh, the voice of John Armstrong, I mean, the more you play this game, the more you really think it's Harrison Ford. I was actually uh, re-watching the original Star Wars movies the other day, and I was like, wait a second, is that John Armstrong? <laughs> but it's actually Harrison Ford, and it's so crazy how just uh, the little things in his voice, you know, uh, it, it's not so much of an imitation as it is like, um, he's just so detailed about every little thing, you know? Uh, it almost doesn't sound like an imitation. It's just crazy to hear him each time we, you know, review one of these levels. Yeah, I mean, I was going through this episode and halfway through, I'm like, oh, right, this is not Harrison Ford. Because, you know, like, it's so exact and so, it sounds exact. Like, I guarantee if both of them were to speak the same lines and you didn't know who was who, you probably would not notice a difference. 
Yeah, and I think he's definitely like a professional voice actor. I mean, you can clear. I mean, he may just be someone who has a very similar voice to Harrison Ford, and that's kind of what he does. Um, but he definitely kind of seems like a very professional voice actor. I mean, you can tell he's had some sort of training, and he clearly like uh, is learning and you know keeping an eye on some very specific things in the way that Harrison Ford speaks in not only the indie movies but the Star Wars movies as well. So then we kind of transition here until we see this cutscene in which Maggie actually leaves kind of this camp area. And goes off on her own. Yes, right? So, Indy is sleeping, and she and uh, right before Indy wakes up, we kind of see her shadow in the distance moving around the snow. And Indy wakes up, and he uh, decides he has to go find Maggie, right? So, he goes outside, but uh, he's freezing. Like, he's shivering, and he actually starts losing health at, because he's so cold and is not dressed appropriately for the very, very chilly snow up in the uh, high altitude of these mountains. Yeah, I really like that game mechanic, especially when you're playing this, to have these sort of physical elements that we've talked about before, especially with this idea of losing health as you go deeper and deeper into the mountains, trekking across. You actually walk a little bit slower, too, uh, going through this, you know, treacherous, snowy area, um, and you have to basically stop in these areas to get, uh, you know, to light up by the fire, which I thought was really, really interesting. And one thing I wanted to mention, by the way, we talked about this, I think, in the very first level, how some people were a little bit uh, disappointed that the concept art for Indy was not very well done, missing the satchel and the leather jacket. Here, Indy has what looks to be a interesting version of the leather jacket that I really enjoyed. Yes, I liked that. It wasn't like the uh, it wasn't like what you would traditionally think of a leather jacket, like a black leather jacket. It was a very like crisp brown leather jacket. It really gave off the Indy feel, kind of like it matched his you know hat almost, and it's very very nice and really well done. Yeah, as, as we've talked about before in, in the Crack That Whip episode, Indy probably just has a closet full of the exact same shirts and jackets <laughs> that look exactly the same. And every time I see, you know, his cool sort of style and outfit that's very specific and unique to him, I always want to, you know, go out and buy some classic leather boots or, or grab a whip and stuff like that. You know, next thing you know, you're an adventuring archaeologist. Yes, precisely. And, you know, as you said, Indy has to stop in these little uh, kind of cave cavern almost area things and he warms up by the fire but then he continues on and gets to a wall and you're like oh well what what's gonna happen but indy finds this you know flag that kind of uh post thing that he has to whip down with his whip the whip is used a lot in this level here Oh, definitely, yeah. Especially, we talked about the comics, how we've kind of been missing that element of the whip. That certainly is not the case at all uh, in this level. Uh, you use the whip a lot for a lot of these physical elements. Again, like grabbing onto that sort of like flagpole that you were talking about. And you kind of have to uh, sort of grab on, you know, uh, with a lot of strength and must because uh, this wind is just gusting and you can immediately fall off. So definitely a little bit more challenging in terms of the physical elements as you walk throughout these areas and the snow obviously presents this new sort of challenge as you kind of whip onto the branch as well. We've seen some of those and you continue to lose health as you go out throughout this snow, which is very, very interesting. And I like these sort of old stone huts that we see in which uh, you can actually sort of light a fire and regain all your health. Right, and so as Indy actually pulls down this little, or he whips on this little branch thing or something that's hanging over the mountain, uh, he backs up and uh, it the the floor that he was on breaks down and to reveal a lower level, but also kind of causes almost a mini kind of avalanche thing. 
Right, yeah, we have this interesting cutscene in which he, yeah, kind of like jumps on this wall, which I thought was cool. And yeah, you do see this kind of like mini avalanche as you then have to sneak on the ledge and that sort of stuff. And I really like this idea of kind of sneaking on the ledge. It's like one of those mechanics that comes up throughout every single level. I feel like it adds a nice mode of continuity because that's not something that's very specific to the movies, but rather more so for the game. And one thing also I wanted to mention about this is I really like how the music works very well with the suspense of this. You know, I really felt like the music went well especially you're going in this for the first time you get that feel of suspense especially kind of that gust of wind almost musically you kind of hear that which i thought was very very interesting yes it's very interesting and you know indy finally uh he finally gets to this kind of you know icy snowy area right and he blocks it off with this huge ice chunk or boulder i guess you could call it Right. I thought that was kind of a cool mechanic. There's like these huge ice chunks we see throughout the entire, you know, level here. And you can basically move them to different areas, block them. Some of them you can even whip later, which I thought was a little bit unrealistic, but still <laughs> kind of cool that he's just able to, I mean... Let's be honest, Harrison Ford's whip is literally made of steel. I mean, he can literally whip down <laughs> anything. It's hilarious, you know? Uh, and then, of course, you know, he's uh, such a physical actor in the movies and stuff. Um, yeah. Uh, every time I, I watch Harrison Ford, you know, especially in the movies using the whip, I always want a whip, man. I mean, how cool would that be to, to have a whip and learn how to use it? First, I'd actually need to whip myself into shape. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like, especially the way he uses the whip in this level, you know, it's very inventive. Not something that we see in the movies very often. Usually it's just to kind of whip bad guys or something simple. I feel like the game really takes it to the next level. Very, very inventive. Yes, definitely. I completely agree. Also, as you said, you know, the, the whip is a little unrealistic as Indy can climb like 50 foot walls just by whipping the top of it. It gives the authentic Indy feel. It does, which I think is, the authentic indie feel does have a little bit of fiction to it, which, you know, makes sense. And so I do like, though, that they use the whip so much, especially you talked about, we see this sort of rock crumbling, and there's this huge jump to the other side that you have to make here as you finally get to this sort of third stone hut in which you warm up by the fire, and you turn the corner, and there's this huge, like, series of ledges that you have to jump down very specifically in a certain order before these icicles kind of snap. Yes, and, you know, as Indy, he finally, you know, jumps down through all these ledges, but he, uh, and he finally, you know, breaks through this kind of ice door and goes sliding down to the bottom of this kind of different other, uh, almost ravine. Right, and one thing I liked about this right away is, uh, this sort of element of, um, you know, Indy kind of trekking through the mountains. It's not something that we have seen very often. Of course, he's been in Nepal before, but I really found this to be super fun because it's not anything that I've really seen before in sort of these uh, indie movies, comics, episodes. You know, we haven't really seen a lot of sort of this specific location of the snowy mountains. And especially, I thought that the sort of uh, ledge part where you had to like climb down in each one and there was the icicles, I thought that was actually relatively hard. I agree as well. It was, you know, it's not really easy but it's also not extremely hard where you know it's going to take you hours just to get through this one little tiny scene but you know you are definitely correct it does take some skill and knowledge and you know some uh precise timing to make sure you don't get uh, crushed by any of these boulders or icicles right exactly or uh what we have here in this next area this huge cheetah that comes out of nowhere and uh it's a, actually it's a snow leopard because cheetahs do not live in uh negative 30 degree weather Oh, that's a fair point. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yes, some yeah, big I just realized cat. that. Wow, that's actually hilarious. Yeah, that it, it has to 
be a snow leopard. Wow. All right. Anyway. I assume. Um, it's some big cat, at least. <laughs> yeah, that's hilarious, actually. Yeah. Um, and especially, like, Indy, when, when you see this sort of snow leopard jump down here, um, he's just, you know, bolting in this cutscene, and you actually kind of have to move through the cutscene. I did like that as well. Uh, something I don't think I've brought up yet is... Uh, almost like these interactive cutscenes. Have you kind of noticed how they've styled this? You do have these cutscenes, especially here with the Snow Leopard, and then you can actually run while you still have this, like, kind of video behind it. It's very interesting. Yeah, it is very interesting. I like that. It's kind of like, it's almost like you're, the, I don't know how they do it, like, in the actual, when they're developing the game, but it's almost like the video is overlaying just the character running. It's kind of really, really cool. Right. Well, I mean, I jump out of my chair when I see that because I'm expecting, you know, to just have this video. Next thing you know, you've got this huge pop-up on the screen and, you know, Indy's running for his life and grabs the hat just in time as he barricades through this huge sort of ice uh, sort of wall that we see here and uh, climbs up these steps and reaches the top of the mountain after sort of uh, escaping the snow leopard. Right, and he actually encounters uh, some guys here, which we at first think are bad. At first, I thought they were bad guys, but it actually turns out they are the uh, kind of the native people to this uh, area, area, so kind of like the Eskimos. And, you know, Indy actually ends up meeting Charles Kingston. Right, we finally get introduced after the entire game here, a big reveal uh, to Charles Kingston, the long-lost professor that Indy kind of has been searching for since the San Francisco Chinatown level. Uh, we've obviously heard about the Jade Sphere, it led that to Panama, Istanbul, and we finally see him here. He's kind of been hiding out in Nepal. Um, and I love his fedora, by the way. Looks just like Indy's. Very, very cool that we finally meet him here. Kind of another one of those, like, Abner Ravenwood kind of, uh, you know, mentor figures in terms of Charles Kingston. He was supposedly Indy's professor in college, also taught Magnus Voller at some point. And I really, really like that he's finally revealed here. You know, he's not kind of given that sort of Abner persona where we just never see him. But here we finally get this climax of here's Kingston. We finally see what's really going on. Yeah, and speaking of the the fedora looking the same, you know, uh, conspiracy theory here, he's the sheriff uh, from Last Crusade who gives uh, Indy uh, his fedora. <laughs> oh, yes, good old fedora. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, that's but, hilarious, actually. Yeah, but uh, he must get the staff before Magnus gets it, but they're not letting anybody, the uh, natives are not letting anybody near the chamber where it's held. Right, and so basically, of course, like any artifact that he has to go after, uh, as of course the location has securely sort of been hidden for thousands and thousands of years, and no one has ever gone near these sort of ice temples and caves. And that was the quote that we had from today, which was hilarious, is, of course, India likes a bunch of action and doesn't do his homework, as they say. It didn't read all of <laughs> Kingston's notes. Uh, yeah, and that was hilarious. Um, and so definitely very indie right there, as he says that. I love that. And uh, right off the bat here, we kind of transition into this next scene where Kingston says... Indy, you have to get the staff before they do, as we see Magnus's blimp kind of come over. Love the concept art here for this sort of, like, town in Nepal. How awesome was that? Very cool. Yeah, I mean, we've mentioned this many times before, but the concept art for this game is just so detailed, articulate, and amazing. Especially for 2009 as well. I keep bringing that up as well. We haven't had an indie game in so long, and I'm hoping that, you know, now that Disney has uh, acquired Lucasfilm, that eventually, kind of after the whole Indie 5 situation, that they kind of, you know, bring back the spirit of indie in a brand new feature. Because, you know, we I, I love what they were able to do with Staff of Kings, and with the technology now, I'm assuming they could do so much more. Oh, yeah, I agree. I mean, now that the PlayStation 5, the Xbox One, uh, I think it's the Xbox S or something like that, the brand new Xbox console and, you know, the Nintendo Switch, all that, now that all these consoles are, like, very, very modern and has really, like, 3D and amazing graphics, imagine what they could do with the indie games considering how advanced they were in 2009 for this. 
Right, and how about some VR for indie, man? I just thought of that as you brought up those. Uh, yeah, that would be so, so awesome. Just these kind of real sur and surreal environments, you know, that you're really put into here. And that was actually kind of the big sort of uh, promotional leap from Emperor's Tomb in 2003 to Staff of Kings in 2009 here, is it was really all about, let's immerse you in kind of this Indiana Jones adventure. Really a lot of these game mechanics that get you to move around and stuff like that. So um, that was really, really awesome that we kind of had uh, that here. And again, concept art, absolutely fantastic. And uh, I also love kind of how the snow is on the wood. You'll notice that uh, art uh, very realistic there as you kind of see sort of the snow kind of trickling down the wood there. And uh, we lead into uh, one of many sort of uh, revolver gunfights that we have in this level. Yes. You know, in the, uh, he always encounters Germans wherever he goes. He's like, oh gosh, Germans. I can't remember exactly what he says, but, you know, this is one of the many fights that Indy has in here. Like, uh, as we mentioned, the whip is used a lot, but there is the revolver and some fist fights in this, as where the last level was all fist fights and a couple gunfights. So I really like, especially the concept art for this gunfights, like where these guys are kind of on, like, two separate levels and Indy has to, you know, grab them, uh, has to shoot them before they, uh, you know, kill him because he's only hiding behind this, you know, very uh, short wooden crate. Right, exactly. I completely agree with that. It's kind of interesting how they set up these gunfights as well. You know, uh, you also have to move around. Sometimes you're hiding behind this post or kind of under this ledge or like this crate, like you mentioned. And then you've got all sorts of guys in different levels. And I do like that you can also shoot the other things. Like there's notice there's those lanterns that just fall on the guys and, you know, shatter and glass like that. So you can use those as kind of you know, your surrounding environments and stuff like that. Of course, in the first level, there's the infamous uh, Indy grabs the shovel and let's put it to good use. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, you know the shack that comes down and all the guys and stuff like that. So it's, it's really, really cool how they set this up and you kind of transition and you don't get any sort of um, replenished health at all as well. It's just continuous through these three uh, environments as you move around throughout this entire area. Yeah, also something I wanted to mention is, you know, we saw that Indy, when he was in the snowy mountains before, he was freezing cold. All of a sudden, he's not cold anymore here. Um... Oh, yeah, that's a fair point, actually. I didn't even realize that. <laughs> yeah, he just goes, uh, I guess he goes to town like nobody's business here. And of course, is. I mean, I guess it's a town environment. But yeah, that's true. Uh, I guess that would have been kind of a fun added element. Imagine if you also had the this element of, you know, uh, getting too cold and you had to fight these guys off. That would have kind of, you know, uh, added some more difficulty, which would have been really fun. Yeah, although I don't know if he would have survived that long. <laughs> right, that is a good point, actually, yeah. And I do like, as well, the different viewpoints on this. You do have different uh, types of uh, areas that you can stand in to go actually uh, shoot these specific, uh, you know, areas and, and obviously get the Germans there. And then there's a lot of nice exploration as well. You kind of jump on this next shaft, go through this tunnel, and, uh, you know, that amazing concept art there, which leads right into the next shootout here. Yes, you know, Indy's gonna have to step up his game, as we like to say. Uh, but Indy actually, he's, you know, shooting at the guys, and he actually, uh, when he shoots the guys here, especially the ones with the machine guns, they basically blow up into a ball of fire. <laughs> right, exactly. So, uh, this is a lot more difficult now, because they're obviously they add the machine guns in there, uh, but there's actually some dynamite that's placed in these crates, and if you shoot those, you actually can, like, evade this sort of uh, area of the level pretty quickly, actually, as it just blows up, like, both halves of the sides. So that was very interesting. Again, like, uh, it's almost hard. I, I like it as well, like, this idea of, like, it's almost hard if you don't kind of think outside the box and look for the mechanics. Very, very interesting. Yes, I completely agree. You do need to think outside the box here. And, you know, Indy finally gets to his kind of last fight here, which is a fist fight, which we haven't seen yet in these 
in this um, uh, kind of area yet. And I really like how they implemented the fist fight here. Indy has to move around to fight all the guys. Not all the guys are coming to him. And also, all of the guys are kind of wearing like a ski mask, which I find really interesting as well. Right, and especially as you go in like this small quarter area, you have that small tunnel where you fight those two guys there. And of course, you can pick up just random stuff that's scattered around. You'll notice some like pots and stuff, which I don't know why they're there, but <laughs> <laughs> you can use them, you know, fend off the guys and stuff. And again, that idea of the spooky and mysterious music really adding to it. And then this next scene that I really like here, this huge tower that you see with that like top sort of uh, like point at the top. If you actually go all the way down and climb to the bottom, there's an artifact down there. Uh, you can kind of notice it right when you whip over the ledge there. And then of course, if you climb at the top, I love this nice new element of uh, indie uh, kind of zip lining almost, as I like to say, <laughs> as he grabs, uh, you know, the top, kind of clothesline there with his whip and just rides down the thing and just bursts through the window and kicks the guy that's standing right there. Oh yeah, he just smashes the guard into the door and the guy's and the guard's just like, ooh, and just knocks out and Indy just walks right in. Like, right. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that's totally realistic. You can just zip line. And the guard is always standing right in front of the door ready to be pushed in. Right, literally. It's hilarious. <laughs> it's hilarious. He just barricades right through the door. And yeah, it was hilarious. And especially too as well. Um, I love right when he kicks the guy. He just walks in the other room. He doesn't even think that Maggie would be in there. And we see her kind of peep her head out there uh, from the sort of jail area there, which was hilarious. Notices the dynamite, jumps out the window as the entire thing blows to smithereens. And we uh, now kind of pan over back to Indy here, where we have uh, a very interesting sort of uh, next sort of quick uh, shootout here. Yes, another gunfight with automatic guns where Indy, uh, he, he, you know, these gunfights are very, very interesting. There's tons of them throughout this uh, kind of uh, the area that he's going through, throughout the town and throughout the cave that he's going into to find the staff. He's always going to be faced with either booby traps or a gunfight or some type of thing that he's going to have to evade. Yeah, and speaking of kind of this area here, one thing I really kind of that stood out to me is this kind of reminds me of classic indie, you know, kind of the witty uh, sort of sly humor of Harrison Ford where he just, you know, slides down, a, you know, uh, kind of a clothesline here, just jumps right through, kicks the guy, you know, stuff like that. Like his just sort of quick persona, I really thought you could kind of feel on these cutscenes, which adds to the fun of it. And yeah, like you said, I mean, all these sort of traps that we have are used so well, not only in the temple areas, but also when you're fighting in the shootouts and the fist fights. I mean, I love those. You know, those are really what bring back the spirit of the movies. And there's lots of those, I feel like, in these video games. Not so much in the comics. There's a lot of archaeology in the comics, but not as many of those traps as there are here, which I found kind of interesting, especially as we were talking a lot about sort of the archaeology of the comic last week. Once we get into these temple spaces in a moment here, before Indy has another great idea, as he sees this uh, German camp here and there's this huge ladder and he climbs down and I love how the guy just grabs the ladder just throws <laughs> him right off <laughs> yes I love that you know that's and also how could Indy survive such a fall from that high that um, is a good point actually I was thinking yeah, about that as I'm well like, I, I, I look at that and Indy just smashes in and, he's, and he just gets up and like knocks out the guy I'm like okay uh, also, I love when he is about to enter the cave, he, he this guy, you know, is standing, uh, guarding the TNT, and he knocks the guy out, and then decides, oh, I'm gonna light the TNT anyway. <laughs> right, exactly, and I love here as well this great fight, this is kind of like the big, there's not really a boss fight in this, so this is kind of like in replacement of the boss fight, as you just have just a swarm of Germans here, and you have to fight them all off, um, and of course, uh, Indy can survive all what? 
15 of them. And, uh, <laughs> and there's also a great glory move that you can perform here. I think, if I remember correctly, uh, when I've played this in the past, if you can get three of the guys, if you can, like... I, it's actually kind of a funny glory move. I think if you just shove them off the edge of the uh, the mountain right there, you get a glory move. Yeah, you literally, if all you have to do is basically uh, when you grapple them, because I love that feature, by the way, because you can not only give them classic right hooks and undercuts, and you can use the whip to whip them in, you know, by the feet or, you know, by the chest there, just knock, knock some sense into them. But the grapple <laughs> move, if you grab them and move close enough to the edge of the mountain, you can just throw them off the edge, which I thought was kind of funny. That's interesting, and that's also a really cool kind of uh, glory move, I guess. That's very awesome. Yeah, the glory moves in the game I actually thought was pretty fun. The one thing I don't like about this game is kind of a lack of replayability. Like, unless you want to go get all the artifacts or, like, boost the difficulty. I mean, this is kind of like a one-time game. Of course, for me as an indie fan, I've played this who knows how many times by now. <laughs> and, you know, but but I that is one of the things that I think is nice is those glory moves. They're kind of like fun things that I think Harrison Ford would do in the movies. You know, like weird sort of tricks that you can do. There was one in San Francisco Chinatown where you like whip onto the chandelier and stuff like that. So fun stuff like that. Yes, I completely agree. You know, those, the glory moves, and it is stuff that Harrison Ford would do, or as we like to call him, uh, Henry Jones Jr. would do, you know? Um, and, you know, I also love how right after that scene, Indy goes into this really cool kind of ice temple thing. Yeah, exactly. And again, this is what I was saying about this idea of uh, kind of the art style of the Istanbul museums. Very similar, but then there's this really awesome light blue texture to kind of convey that ice as we see ice just all over the place. Kind of, uh, it's frozen in places in which there's like these old blades and stuff, which we see later. And then just kind of icicles all over the place. How about that? You just kind of walk right into that first temple area and it really just catches your eye right off the bat, which I love. And this is kind of the first of many ice, ice cave puzzles that we have here as we have to solve the reed basket riddle. Yes, and Indy uh, realizes he needs to move those uh, the kind of sphere gates covering this uh, bush, and he needs to light the bush on fire in order to get into the kind of next uh, big main area of this uh, cave. Yeah, and one thing I wanted to mention actually is uh, Indy kind of does a lot of narration here, which I found to be interesting, and I'm not sure about this, but I think he's reading some sort of historical text or verses about Moses and the Staff of Kings, which I thought was kind of interesting. Maybe this was made-up dialogue. I'm not sure. It sounds very historical and realistic, which I thought was a nice, nice element of uh, authenticity there. Yes, I think it. I think you're right. I think it is actually real historical text, and that's really cool. Um, but something I also find really interesting is, so, you know, ice is formed by, you know, uh, water, uh, that is, you know, frozen, but in order to open the gates, Indy needs to, uh, he moves these kind of, uh, two, like, uh, I don't know what they are, statues or boulders in order to open, uh, these kind of, uh, stones to get the water flowing. Yeah, that was really interesting, especially as you climb, you know, you go up those stairs and you whip across you can kind of actually hear an artifact. It's actually really cool how they did that. I'm not sure if this was intentional, but right when you whip across before you get up on that upper ledge there, you can actually hear an artifact in the other room, which I thought was super cool. And then, yeah, like you said, you climb up those stairs. And how about the music here for us young indie fans? A very cool alternate arrangement of some music from Masks of Evil, which we will get to soon. Uh, kind of a cool spooky uh, track that uh, I really, really enjoy here. And yeah, like you said, you kind of whip across that ledge there. It starts 
crumbling and then these two like bridges come down and yeah like you said it opens up and the water flows down with that great temple of doom music and again i think we talked about this in istanbul how about that art style really reminds me again of harry potter and the chamber of secrets a little bit with that kind of what looks like a snake there that does remind me of Harry Potter. That's cool that the snake is there. And, you know, I really think that, again, you know, they implement just the littlest of things. As you said, you could hear the artifact. There's the snake here. These littlest of things just add and bring so much to the game. Because if they just had, you know, Indy runs through a cave, gets this water, burns bush, like, it would be so boring and nobody would want to play this. <laughs> right, and I love the physical elements of this. I mean... When I was playing this level for the first time, one of the things that really stood out to me, and we talked about this a little bit in the last level, Istanbul, and some of the maybe criticisms that would have gone uh, with that level in the game, is that there is an entirely different feel of Indiana Jones here. Keep in mind, in these movies, there isn't sort of this uh, huge emphasis on puzzle solving or Indy going through all these temples and caves. Yet when you play this, this feels like Indiana Jones to me. And there's a lot of great elements that are new here, especially right here, you know, when he grabs those spikes and like you said, the water comes down and he jumps on the ledge and finally kind of uh, gets to light the bush at the end there. Like, that's not something that's like in the movies too much, you know, kind of expanding upon some of the stuff that Indy does in the Well of the Souls, like that kind of stuff. We have a lot of that in this level, which is really fun. Yeah, it is. And, you know, again, there's a lot of references to the movies, especially, as you said, Well of Souls. This really, especially the music, really gives kind of the eerie feel and really references a lot of the dark stuff that is in all the movies. Ooh, definitely. Yeah, I completely agree. It did feel very eerie. Kind of that suspense with the music and as well, there's no one in these ice caves. I love that deep, epic feel. If you look like the ceilings are super tall, these huge rooms and all these puzzles you can solve. How cool, especially as we, uh, uh, this kind of, uh, bridge comes up now as you sort of uh, light the bush on fire and it's kind of that interesting blue and uh, we kind of move on to the next uh, room here yes i in the once he uh you know lights the fire which also i want to mention is blue fire he opens this it, this bridge opens and he finds kind of a pharaoh right and we kind of get into this next room here which kind of seems like there's all these like old statues like you said like yeah some pharaohs or something like that and it looks like um that it's kind of like this old broken room there's a lot of pieces scattered about it's very very interesting as we have this sort of next puzzle here in which you basically need to push this barrier and these blades come down this shaft and immediately you actually have to press a button during a cutscene again interactive cutscene and just jump out of the way as it rolls right through and scared me for sure when i was playing this yeah. <laughs> and uh yeah and then you push it all the way to the level the room shakes and so does the controller which is kind of cool the doors close and how about those stairs that open that was so cool that uh one level and then all of the stairs you see kind of like you know kind of uh quickly kind of rise up there i loved that cutscene Right, I mean, you think that's something that could only happen nowadays, but l think about this. This is, you know, ages before electricity or even, you know, uh, like the wheel or mechanical stuff at all. Think about it. This is like, th these just stairs like turn out of that would usually be like kind of just a, a big slab. That's really cool. And I really love, especially the texture of the grand staircase that kind of goes up and curves. Really reminds me of like big castles and what they would have. Oh, definitely. Yeah, I completely agreed. Kind of that authentic feel. And how about the music as well? A little bit of a throwback to what we just talked about from Palestine 1917, Daredevils of the Desert. The track Thirsting for Water is kind of thrown in this level here from Staff of Kings. So that's kind of a fun throwback to what we just talked about recently. And uh, 
Yeah, so this was kind of an interesting room, and we actually come back to it later in the level, which is fun, and uh, talk about kind of this big epic feel, the authenticity of the archaeology here. How about this last room here, which is really, really cool? Yes, I love this, where Indy has to actually, he's sealed in here, uh, you know, the he goes up that stairway and he has to pull these three statues onto kind of these pressure plate areas. So he moves a few of them onto the pressure plates, but then he realizes, ooh, what does this, this uh, you know, circular plate do? And he says a great quote, looks like things are going to have to get a little hot around here. Right. <laughs> As he, uh, he actually breaks these ice shards uh, and then steps on the plate and a fire comes shooting out of these grates and melts uh, the one the ice around one of the statues so he can move it into place. Yeah, how about some originality from that level? That was really awesome. You have to like move all these statues in specific spots and you kind of have to figure it out. It's a little bit of a puzzle here as some of them are not in the right order. So you have to figure out, do I move it to the first one, the second one, the third one? And yeah, once you get all six, we have the big finale in terms of the archaeological reveal here. And we finally see all of these statues rise up super high in the room, which was absolutely super cool. And then this structure that reveals the actual Staff of Kings. Yes, that is really cool. And also something I mentioned is when Indy, when we get the cutscene where Indy goes and grabs the staff, uh, there's actually a view of the pillars, which almost look like they're made out of, uh, you know, uh, very vibrant green emerald pillars. Yeah, they do look very cool. I love that sort of blue and green texture. It was really, really awesome. Especially this feels kind of like the stuff we talked about in the Istanbul Museum. There's all these very cool environments that are so old and India has to go through all of them. I mean, how fascinating, especially I love this big reveal. We've been dealing with the Staff of Kings this whole time, especially in the Istanbul level, right? We all thought we were going to finally find the Staff of Kings. Nope, uh, you did all this and now you have to go halfway across the world in Nepal. And uh, then you find it and then, you know, the, we finally see it here in this last level it's super super fun to to see that sort of environment yes i mean that environment is so cool as you said i love the color palette and you know indy actually goes out and he actually meets maggie and maggie uh we it turns out maggie is working for, for the british intelligence Right, and we kind of had suspicions a little bit about Maggie as we saw these cutscenes in Panama and Istanbul, and yeah, just points a pistol to Indy right then and there. And by the way, I loved the callback to Raiders, not only musically, uh, but right when Indy grabs the staff, you can see him just kind of look up in that cutscene, and then he finally realizes that all these blades come shooting down and he has to run right off, and right as he sees Maggie there, who's uh, holding him at gunpoint, uh, which was very, very interesting. Kind of a quick turn there, uh, as you know, we have uh, this idea of Maggie being the double agent, and especially, one thing I wanted to mention, by the way, it's funny how we see her uh, kind of trapped in that sort of jail area, and then she's just gone. <laughs> like, Andy never <laughs> knew she was there, which was hilarious, so we kind of move on without her there. Yeah, and you know, she's, you know, we know she's not, we find out she's not actually working for Magnus, but then Magnus out of nowhere takes her uh, prisoner and uh, goes to find Indy. He holds Indy at gunpoint and is like, give me the staff, Indy. I mean, he kind of reminds me of Belloc, like, there is not something that you can possess that I cannot take away. <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, I love his sort of um, character. He reminds me of, again, like Belloc. He's almost, in, ooh, here's a little 
thing I just thought of. Uh, speaking of the fact that we were on Daredevils, how about he's a little bit of a combination between Belloc and Schiller? Because, uh, ooh. <laughs> yes. Because it's interesting because he's Belloc because, of course, they were students together. They knew each other. And, you know, he has this sort of, um, you know, humorous way about him. You know, Indiana, I get tired of these reunions. You know, kind of like what uh, Belloc says to um, Indy in the Well of the Souls. Who knows? Maybe one day even you'll be worth something. Uh-huh. And, you know, he goes, ha, 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 you son of a... And then, you know, just hilarious stuff like that. But then also Schiller's aggression, you know? I mean, we see him obviously shoot that machine gun to kind of, you know, scare Indy as he runs away in the other way. So, again, that aggression from kind of Schiller and uh, Magnus. Wow, I just came up with that. That was actually pretty clever. Um, but, yeah, I really, really love the character of Magnus here. And then the fact that Maggie kind of gets tied into all this. How fun. Yes, I love that. I, especially, uh, you know, Maggie was a very uh, prominent part of the last level, but she we rarely see her here, which I think is very, very interesting. Right, and, and that's one of the things I think that was kind of lacking from this level, is you could tell they were kind of pushing her off so that this would continue as a single-player campaign and not a co-op. So in that sense, I think her character is a little bit underdeveloped. Like, I remember the first time I played this, I was like, oh, Maggie's a double agent. Oh, <laughs> and that was it. Like, <laughs> like, there really wasn't anything that was super surprising to me, you know, because we haven't seen a lot of Maggie. She was, of course, in the sort of subplot of Istanbul with Magnus there. But yeah, I mean, it is kind of a surprise and also kind of not. But I wish they had included it, her more. Again, you know, the co-op, I think, would have been kind of fun, especially in Indiana Jones Adventure. But, you know, it is kind of interesting. I, it is a twist. I mean, I was surprised by it. So, uh, And then, so, of course, uh, he takes the staff from Indy and says, goodbye, Indy. As he, you know, uh, blows up the cave there, Indy runs the other way and is back in that original ice room that we were at earlier. Right. You know, I actually thought that, uh, you know, Be- um, not Belloc, uh, Magnus <laughs> was going to uh, shoot Indy and just kill him. But no, he uh, traps Indy in this room and Indy, you know, he's running around and he actually finds another kind of, you know, walled off, uh, you know, entrance. And he's like, there's a crack in this wall that wasn't here before. And he uh, actually uses one of the, you know, kind of uh, blade uh, rolling, you know, kind of trap things that he uh, escaped before to break through the wall. Right, exactly. How about that paradox right there as he, uh, you know, was so scared of those blades before actually puts one to good use this time (laughs) and uh, breaks through the wall there. And we have uh, kind of a reoccurring element, kind of this rafting down the river, kind of a nice callback to some subtle things we've seen in the movies, uh, of course, in Temple of Doom a little bit. um, And then, of course, in some of the comics as well, as you have this really kind of fun new element. How about the vehicles, Uh, the plane in that first level of Sudan? Here we have kind of another sort of vehicle. I mean, I guess it is just a boat that he jumps in. He dodged all these ice blocks. Very fun. A nice mechanic is you can also shoot all the icicles on the ice mountain. Uh, I mean, it was decently hard and kind of fun. You have that great music there, of course, as you kind of have to weave through this sort of uh, water area. And again, the same sort of feel and style as the actual ice mountain. And then how about that very interesting ending to this level that was extremely abrupt? Yes, it was extremely abrupt. You know, as he rafts his way out, he uses his gun to break the icicles. Uh, He just lands out on top of one of the Germans' uh, kind of Zeppelin blimp things. Right, and that's it. It's kind of funny because he, uh, you have to shoot that sort of mountain area there, and you know we see this waterfall, and we think he's just gonna jump right into it. Haha! <laughs> Actually, like the last one, Secret of the Deep, as he jumps off the waterfall there. That's hilarious. Um, and yeah, and then he just falls in this blimp, and he's like, "What?" And yeah, it's this huge blimp, and that's it. That's the end of level five Nepal, uh, which will lead directly into the final level of Staff of Kings, level six. Odin. Uh, So with that said, what do we think of this level? 
You know, I really love this level. You know, this has got to be my favorite of all of the Staff of Kings levels, at least for right now. But I really like this because, you know, um, they just is so much and so detailed. And I really love the ice kind of feel to this, at where Indy is, you know, making his way through the mountains. It really brings back a classic throwback to Raiders of the Lost Ark. The only thing I have to criticize about this level, though, is that I really wish they would have kept Maggie in there. Yeah, I completely agree with you. I really, really enjoyed this idea of developing kind of the ice mountains of Nepal that we see briefly in Raiders and bringing that to life with this sort of grand-esque location here. How about those fantastic temple spaces to go through with those fantastic caves? Really, really fun, phenomenal concept art. And uh, yeah, I would have to agree with you. The one criticism I might have is, yeah, it was a little weird. They kind of just threw Maggie in there. Uh, but nonetheless, you know, I think... It, it kind of worked well in terms of how Magnus eventually gets the staff, and so we have this last level to figure out how is Indy going to tie this all together. Um, but I really did enjoy this level. I think there was a lot to like here. It has a little bit of everything. You know, I think we talked about Istanbul. There were a few things missing to make it a true indie adventure. Here, I think they had a little bit of everything. You had the gunfight. You had the use of the whip that you could have used. You see Kingston. I really like that they brought Kingston in there, even if it was for like two seconds, because I really like that they kind of took that Abner feel, but then really kind of brought it to life with bringing back his character. So absolutely fantastic level. Uh, really, really phenomenal one for sure. And so with that said... That about concludes today's episode. Uh, if you haven't played Staff of Kings yet and you're interested, definitely check it out as a fantastic game. And uh, for those of you who have played the game, uh, we will finally top things off uh, in a few weeks here with our last look at the level, Odin. Uh, so thanks again for joining us. Uh, and if this is your first time listening, uh, make sure to subscribe to our podcast and leave a review. Tell us what you think. Uh, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and many other podcast platforms. Uh, if you'd like to learn more about us and our podcast, you can visit our website at www.theindianajonesuniverse.com. We've got all our podcast episodes listed there for your listening convenience, as well as a great links page if you'd like to learn more about the expanded universe of Indiana Jones. And finally, to stay up to date on news and announcements and be part of the indie community here, make sure to like and follow us over on our Facebook page. You can find us there at the Indiana Jones Universe podcast. So thanks again for joining us, and we'll be back soon with another episode. Once again, I'm Max. And I'm Will. And until next time, so, so long, Dr. Dr. Jones. Jones.